Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So as I, uh, I said before the break, uh, the title of the talk um, is um, Benefactors Part Two, Helping Others Shine. Uh, if you uh, were here, or if you weren't here a few weeks ago, I uh, gave a talk on Benefactors, which is a, a really um, central um, theme in loving-kindness practice, where you're uh, focusing on generating goodwill towards yourself, and then the, in the traditional uh, scheme, benefactor is the next category uh, before going on to a dear friend and neutral category where there's not much charge one way or another, and then uh, difficult uh, category, those who are challenging for you, and then on to all beings. The Buddha, just give a, a couple of words of recap, the Buddha talked about um, how gratitude is a blessing to, to be able to feel gratitude for others is a blessing supreme. It's in the, the Mangala Sutta, the, the Blessing Sutta. And uh, in that last talk, I, I was mainly focusing on uh, reflecting on what we've received from others. And if you um, remember talking about as we reflected on our benefactor or benefactors and their benefactors and generations back, people who we have no awareness of but are part of a lineage of caring and goodness that came through from one heart to another all the way down to those who've inspired us, who've enriched our lives and into uh, into us, and uh, I find it very moving and inspiring to to get a sense that we have a lineage of caring and goodness through many, many, many hearts, and has um, been bestowed on us. And then, as I uh, ended that evening um, sharing the the other elements oh, did this just go out no it's here might be going in and out um, the other element the other direction of that lineage of the fact that it doesn't stop with us it moves through us and I uh, included that in that guided practice where reflecting on the people who you touch and have touched and will touch 
in your life and that they will also pass that on. There's a kind of um, rippling effect that moves from heart to heart. And so we are part of something much greater than ourselves. And also talked, uh, touched a little bit on um, one of one of my favorite themes and practices, which is uh, mentoring and how we can um, we can support others in developing all of their gifts. But I want to. Um, talk a little bit more and have us focus a little bit more on that second dimension of this uh, notion of benefactors. Mm. Of how we can bring out the best in those around us. How looking for and seeing and delighting in what's good in those around us. Hmm. Let's just li- listen to to the delight and the excitement of uh, of those kids. Yeah, and if it gets really loud, maybe we'll turn up the fans and turn. Maybe we should do that. Why don't we turn? Uh, Won't we turn up the fan and let's. Uh, Close those those windows right there. Uh, so, um, how it's it's a particularly powerful um, antidote when you're looking for the good and you're delighting in seeing others shine. It's an antidote to the comparing mind to the mind that says, oh, well, what about me? I'm not enough. But that it's a a tremendously, for me, inspiring practice and has helped me a lot with my own comparing and judging mind. Um, So I want to explore this with us. And the, the first... Um, idea that I I think it's important to keep in mind, something I've said here probably many times, uh, just stating the obvious, that we have a significant effect on those around us. They have an effect on us, and we have an effect on them, perhaps more than we might realize. It's one thing when you, you know, reflect on your close friends or the people who are uh, central in your life. Of course, we affect each other uh, in those deeper relationships. But it doesn't even have to be somebody that we know so well. We're affected continually by those around us. And, and I'm sure you can relate to this if, you, um, if you're in a, a crowd and somebody looks at you and they can look at you 
with a, a sense of judgment. Or maybe you did something klutzy and you, you dropped something and they look at you and, uh, w- with any kind of what you might perceive as a judgment or a scolding or something like that. You feel it, don't you? might be a, a face that you'll never see again. You could be on the BART train and somebody can look at you in a kind of sharp way and there's something that affects your whole energy field. And conversely, somebody who you might never see again just smiles at you. Again, could be on the BART train or... Uh, in, in, in a crowded room or a restaurant, cafeteria, and just gives you a nice smile, or even just passing in the street, gives you a smile, and it's sincere, a sincere hi. Or maybe you did drop something and are embarrassed, and you get a sense that they're right there encouraging you, like, oh, it's okay. You know, oh, yeah, I'm, it's okay. I'm it's, uh, yeah, that's part of being human. Just with a look. Isn't it interesting how much can be conveyed with a look? And right away, you feel okay. You feel supported. You feel like you belong. You feel accepted and safe. So, if that's if that's uh, the, the byproduct of a quick look, positively or negatively, just imagine when it's more than a look, when there's some kind of an exchange, or maybe that person has, uh, is getting to know you, and there's that energy coming from them of support, how you feel safe around them, how you feel relaxed, how you can just be yourself. It's a real gift to have an energy coming from you that lets others just relax and be themselves. That's basically, you can't ask for much more than that. I mean, you might want to ask for more than that, you know. But, but that's that's pretty good. That's enough, especially if we're, mm, as we're often going through life with the the sense of you know checking how we're doing and how we're coming off, and you know, oh, am I all right? And uh, what are people thinking of me? I mean, that's how often uh, people go through life if they're in new situations where they're, they're not feeling safe or so familiar with those around us. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that around our good friends, where we just know that we're accepted for who we are, we're not trying to impress anybody, are we? Do you, uh, maybe you can, but uh, do you, generally, you're not trying to impress your close friends. 
because they already know you. And so you can just be yourself. That's what is one uh, central principle about being around a good friend. But around new people, there's often this sense, well, I might need to be a little bit more, and then they'll be impressed or like me or whatever. And, you know, when you try to be a little bit more and you've gotten a bit disconnected from who you are, if you're trying to impress even in the slightest, it's not very impressive, is it? It's this great paradox. <clears throat> so here in this... Um, this quality of bringing out the best in each other's in, in each other it's it's important first to reflect on the power that you have in doing that i mentioned i think a few in, in the talk a couple of weeks ago uh how uh when uh, somebody uh a, a dharma teacher robert hall m- decades ago said you know, I think you're going to do something in this world. It's like him believing in me. I thought, oh, wow, maybe I, maybe I will. And I hope you recall, if you were here, those who believed in you, and just by a look or a, a few words, how impactful that is. So we can do that, for others. And what that requires is simply looking with a good heart for what's good in them or what their gifts are. It doesn't only have to be their heartfulness. It can be their talents, their uh, the way they sing or the way they uh, dance or the way they are with people or whatever. We all have so many gifts. But it takes a bit of looking, unless we're kind of blown over by them, but just seeing, oh, who is this person? I, I mentioned a few, I think maybe in the, the talk the other, uh, the other week, uh, Neem Karoli Baba's uh, instruction, I think I said this, where, uh, that, that was very meaningful to me, where he said, the best form to worship God is every form. Did I talk about that? No, I'm not sure, maybe I didn't. It, and, and it's, I used to have a, a, um, a picture of Neem Karoli Baba Maharaji uh, just by my computer, with uh, and it had that that um, sta- that uh, statement underneath. The best form to worship God is every form. And when I first was touched by him and his teachings, and through the book "Be Here Now," I really decided to take that as a as a an ongoing practice. I mean, it's not always easy to do because there's a lot of forms that. You might have a little hesitation 
worshiping as God, but it's, it's an aspiration uh, that they're, they're, they too are part of the divine plan. Uh, and what I took it to mean, what I translated it as, is just keep on looking for, for the good around you. And when I was a, I was a school teacher, I've mentioned here, I was a school teacher, and that would be what I, uh, what I set out to do every, uh, every beginning of the school term, just seeing if I could find the key to each kid's heart. And uh, that, was my, that was my goal for myself. I just did, I didn't, didn't matter about my lesson plans. It didn't matter about my, you know, I had the curriculum and I did that. But that was my, my particular um, challenge that I would give to myself. And um, I could usually find it. it. Sometimes it took a while. But I could usually find it, and that's why, um, you know, that uh, teaching was was so inspiring to me. And just uh, I, I mentioned it recently, getting uh, getting contacted by all these students from forty five, fifty years ago, forty five years ago, uh, to just this week, um, and. Uh, it's like, oh, I remember, I, thank, thank you, Mr. Barris, you believed in me. And it always kind of mystified me why, why a teacher wouldn't do that. You know, certainly teaching is challenging. Who are the teachers here? Anybody who are teachers? So once again, thank you for, for doing such a, an important job. But there are some teachers, and we probably have had those too, who are looking to scold or to, to, uh, uh, to, to be right or to, to put people down. It never made sense to me. And it doesn't make sense. Why go through your life like that? So, as I said... Um, this is uh, the antidote to the comparing mind, to the mind that is, uh, is prone to envy or jealousy or somehow feeling that if they're a little lower, I'm a little higher. And, and this is a... A, a, a natural mm, quality that often can be arising when there's some insecurity. Uh, but this is the great antidote to it, to delight in seeing others shine. And uh, part of this talk is actually a, a bit of a, can't quite say excuse, but a, uh, a bit of a... Um, uh, an opportunity to um, just underscore uh, our local team, which embodies this, the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> uh, and for those listening all over the world, uh, 
we do have the world championships, or at least the American world championships, uh, as, as the team just won uh, this week, and a lot of happy people in the Bay Area. But the thing about this team, besides the fact that they're just beautiful to watch, is the spirit behind them. That's what, that's what really does it for me. And I wanted to share with you some of the, the things that really underscore why this is such a, a, a special team. And I, I gave a talk about the, the coach last year. I gave a, a Dharma talk about Steve Kerr, who um, it was uh, entitled on the Dharma Seed uh, tape library, Nice Guys Sometimes Finish First. Um, it was Steve Kerr and Pope Francis and, and, and another, another friend. But Steve Kerr is just a really, really high being who's known tragedy. His father was assassinated when he was 18. He was the, he was the uh, president of American University in, in Beirut, Lebanon, and he's known real, real dukkha, real suffering, and he's been in pain for the last, last uh, oh, no, two years now uh, through some uh, back surgery that, that went wrong. But this is what um, this is uh, a, one excerpt, uh, an article um, on Steve Kerr. Um, this is a, an assistant coach, uh, Ron Adams. Occasionally, says Adams, the assistants may get down on a player and focus on his limitations. It's human nature, but Kerr rarely does. At first, Adams was skeptical, but he's come around. He believes there's something special about each one of these guys as humans and players. And he works very diligently about fostering that in each individual and this isn't some pie-in-the-sky thing. Sometimes we'll say, I don't know if he can do this. And Steve is always, sometimes the other coaches say, I don't know if he can do this. And Steve is always the rah-rah guy. He sees some, something sometimes that we don't see. He recognizes the small contributions. One of the players on the team, uh, Matt Barnes, uh, describes Kerr as, forever in your corner. It's a way in which he leads by not reminding everyone of his position, says Barnes. He can be the head coach, but he can also take you aside and be a fan of your game. And he's not somebody who holds back when he's got some, something to say. He gives people feedback, and sometimes it can be really strong depending upon who the player is and, and what their makeup is. But everybody knows that he's cheering them on. And it, it ripples down to the players. And that's, uh, that's been the beauty. The, the beauty of the, of the players is it's the most unselfish team in history. There's never been this many passes and assists and just passing up your own good shot or your own 
um, glory f- to make somebody else better. It's so beautiful to watch. And as if you followed the team, know uh, that this year we got from having one of the best teams ever. Last year they won more games than had ever been won in a season and added on this best player, or one of the best players in the league, Kevin Durant, who was criticized terribly for jumping from Oklahoma City to our team. And the reason that he jumped was he saw what the spirit was in this team. And he wanted to have fun and feel that joy. And the way he was, he was persuaded to come, as maybe, uh, as if you've followed the team, you know, the five main players, as he was kind of deciding what team to go to because his contract was up and he had a choice of anyone, but he was really drawn to, to Golden State. The five main players all flew out to sit down with him and say, come join us. It's so much fun. And meanwhile, we had these players that were in their glory, and he was going to be coming to the team. And it can be a tricky thing because... Athletes, star athletes, have big egos, usually. At least, you know, there they are in the limelight, and they want to do their best. But um, they said, come on, we're going to have fun together. And he, he didn't know just how it would work out, but they, they just said, it's going to work out. We're going to have fun winning. And the main player, you probably have to you know, live live in a cave not to know uh, 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 Steph Curry, who had won the MVP, he was saying, come on on our team. And Kevin Durant was wondering if he was going to be there, what, was that do? what would that do to the chemistry? There's the star player that everybody loves, and here's this other star player who's equally as good in his own way. And this is uh, another article. There was a price for the Warriors because by accepting Durant on their team, his story would become part of theirs. They'd never know if they could have avenged their loss to Cleveland in the finals in 2016 without Durant, or whether they even could have beaten the Durant-led Thunder again, Steph Curry would no longer be the best player on his own team. Clay Thompson would no longer be the best two-way player, because Kevin Durant is a great two-way player. Draymond Green would no longer even need to score, and yet they all accepted these consequences so willingly and so joyfully You know what the most fun thing is, assistant coach Ron Adams asked as a way of answering the question. It's that we're doing this around people we love being around. That's why Durant came and chose to take on all that baggage. 
And this is Durant saying, to have teammates that encourage you, that lift you up, that's what we need in, we all need in life. It was amazing just to see that all year. And right now, just to be here with these guys, it's amazing. And his mother says, I've never seen Kevin this happy. I'm just kind of overwhelmed and speechless, thinking back on everything. Curry was keenly aware of the risks at hand as he flew home from the Warriors' now infamous recruiting meeting with Durant in the Hamptons last July. He knew Durant was too, so Curry sent a text message to Durant directly to address the issue. Curry wanted Durant to know that he didn't see this as sharing the spotlight. Shoe sales and individual shine didn't matter, Curry told him. If Durant came here and won an MVP, the award Curry had won back-to-back years, he'd be in the front row of his news conference cheering him on. I only care about winning, Curry wrote, and we're all going to win big, but we're all going to win in the big picture. Durant was moved. He replied, wow, that's real. This warrior's culture he had learned so much about, the brotherhood he felt from a distance, and then in person when Curry, Green, Thompson, and Andre Iguodala flew out to recruit him in person. It all felt real. It's beautiful, isn't it? What can happen when we bring out the best in each other? And not only in one-to-one, but when there's a collective energy, you know, the old Three Musketeers... uh, uh, motto, one for all and all for one. There's magic that happens that uplifts on a whole other level that the, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts because that, that field of goodwill and that field of, of metta, it just raises everybody in their spirit, in their confidence, in their belief, you know how beautiful i'm i'm sure most of us have been in that kind of magical energy field of of collective consciousness that if there's any one person that's out of alignment you can feel it but when everybody is in sync just bringing out the best in each other for me that's the best in sports that's what sports is really about that team sports anyway <clears throat> The interesting thing is, okay, enough with the Warriors. Yeah, I could go on for a long time. You know? I mean, it has been the main thing in my life for the past uh, you know, eight months or however long, or 35 years, you know, 50 years. Um, but the, the amazing thing is this, that it's this paradox that we think if we, 
if we root for others or see them shine or let them shine, that it might diminish us. But it's just the opposite. That when you are loving to see somebody shine and say, hey, check this guy out or check this gal out, your stock actually goes up. That's the interesting thing. I, I ran um, the Community Dharma Leaders Program for, uh, for a number of years, the first three iterations of this training program for, for others that, um, uh, that you're nominated community leader and um, by a teacher, and we all come together in, in community for uh, two years, two and a half years in those days, and, um, and we, I, I want to help them develop in their skills going back to their community and sharing the Dharma. And part of it was um, that I got to choose the curriculum and bringing on the wisest people I know. It wasn't, well, now you're going to have the James Barris show, you know, which would have been too, too much anyway, but it was like, oh, wow, I know these brilliant, wise, inspiring teachers, and it would be this great joy. You know, sometimes people would say, okay, your introductions are a little over the top, but I'd love to introduce, and here's... Guy Armstrong, check this guy out. You know, here's Sylvia Borstein. You're gonna love her. And it could easily, my mind could go. Sometimes where I'd be on on retreat uh, many years ago, and you're doing team teaching, and somebody would give a talk, and you know, or you're you're teaching. Oh, there's Guy, so clear, and my mind could say, "Gee, I wish I was clear like that." Or, or there's Sylvia, just being a meta re- machine and just, oh, gosh, she really does it. But, um, but instead, it's, it would be so, especially if you know that we're all rooting for each other, that say, check them out. And I love doing it with the Dharma Leader program. And if I were to say or feel in my mind, in my heart, gee, I hope they don't do so good so that I don't look such so bad in comparison, you know. It would have been a whole different feel, but it's really a joy to say, check them out. And we can do that for others and with others because all it takes, I mean, it's one thing if you've got, you know, Jack Cornfield or... Sylvia Borstein and say shine, but you can do it with, with anyone. Uh, they don't have to be stars. If you just see their goodness and believe in them, sometimes they might not see it in themselves, but you believing in them, especially if they respect you, or trust you, or appreciate you, you just being there, encouraging them, 
You know, it's, it's so much more than that look on the train when somebody's smiling at you, where you say, wow, you got to be real about it. You can't be phony, because that you, people can sniff a mile away. But if you really appreciate something about somebody, to just delight in it, wow, look at how they do that. What a, sometimes I think of the infinite ways there are to be beautiful in this world. As many as there are beings. And to just celebrate, it's not like you're celebrating you know, them at the expense of yourself. You're celebrating goodness or you're celebrating talent or you're celebrating um, um, wisdom. Wow, look at that. And we can, in, we, ins- we can inspire others and we can be inspired by them. So I just wanted to share a little bit about that, that you can make a big difference in others. And when you let them know, by the way, just Karma 101, uh, when you put a thought into words or into action, the karmic impact is much, much greater. So you can have a thought, gee, they're really neat, but, you know, I better keep it to myself um, because it would be too embarrassing to tell them or they, you know, for whatever reason, there's that hesitation. Um, Having that thought and appreciating them has some value and quality and it touches your heart. But when you put it into words and say, I really love the way you do that. You know, or whatever it is that's appreciative, that, that's, that's touched them, uh, that's touched you about them. When you put it into words, once you put it into words, that connection is really stronger. You probably... You know, have had that experience where somebody said something to you, you know, just in passing years ago, and yet when you're with them, it stays in your mind. Oh yeah, they see they see that in me. And sometimes even just a throwaway line can have a, a big, big impact. Uh, a few weeks ago when I was, was talking uh, about uh, benefactors, I particularly uh, just touched for a little while on mentoring and how, for me, that is the, one of the great joys in my life. It's one of the privileges of being in this seat that uh, when people... Um, trust you or, or uh, look to you for guidance, if you see some potential in them that um, helping bring that out uh, can be impactful. But we can all do that. And in a way, that's what our, how we 
what our gift is to the world, our, our legacy to the world is bringing more consciousness and more love in this world. When, when you come to the end of your life, what's going to count most? For me, it's, well, could I help bring a little bit more goodness into the world, a little bit more consciousness, a little bit more kindness and love into the world? And the best way to do that is is just seeing it in others so you don't have to do it all yourself. I'm, I'm big on... The, the networking effect that if you have a few people that you develop and they have a few people that they develop and on and on and on, it's much more um, efficient and effective of you, a way to, to think that you can make a difference in the world just by waking it up in others. This is a a quote I love from uh, Mayor Baba. If I can get it. Mayor Baba, this really, um, um, well, this great sage and saint from the 20th century. Um, he says, Love has to spring spontaneously from within. It is in no way amenable to any form of inner or outer force. Love and coercion can never go together. But while love cannot be forced upon anyone, it can be awakened through love itself. Love is essentially self-communicative. Those who do not have it catch it from those who have it. True love is unconquerable and irresistible, It goes on gathering power and spreading itself until eventually it transforms everyone it touches. That's how it works. And the the thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't belong to anybody. And when you say, when he says, those who don't have it, catch it from those who who have it. I, I like to think of it, those who are not in touch with it, um, it can be awakened through love itself. It's not that you have to go hunting for it. It's in you all along. And when somebody believes or sees that in you, it's, it's a, a transmission that just awakens that in you and that you pass on to others. So, uh, just before we... We open it up. I'd like to just uh, have you go inside and a little bit of a, a guided meditation, kind of building the next step on uh, from what we did last time. Just think of mm, maybe start out with one person who you love to see shine. It can be a child or a friend. 
somebody who respects you or uh, is uh, values your friendship. And first, notice how good it feels to just delight in them shining. This is mudita, the, the joy in the happiness of others. Nothing in it for you except to delight in somebody else's gifts and success. And just reflect on what they receive from you in that exchange, feeling your support, feeling your encouragement, feeling your belief in them, feeling you cheering them on. What a gift that you give to them. And then reflect on how you helping awaken that just allows it to shine through through them and touch others even more. That somehow you contribute to that goodness flowing through them and touching all the people in their life. who then pass that on, just that lineage of goodness. And now reflect on the various people in your life who you cheer on, who you love to see succeed, who delight you and that you're grateful that they're in this world. And how your love and believing in them and supporting them just helps that awaken that much more. and rippling out. And then for a moment, you might think of somebody in your life who would really benefit from your seeing the good in them and believing in them, who maybe you haven't developed that relationship quite yet. Doesn't mean a huge commitment, just letting them know or keeping on noticing their gifts. How you can really make a difference 
in them. Not necessarily taking a lot of energy or effort, but just seeing them and letting them know you see. And then one last reflection. You might think of a group that you are part of, whether it's family or work or friends, when you get together. And if somehow you're... goodwill and your metta practice um, can help contribute to a field of alignment like the like the warriors like just bringing out the best in each other it's not always possible of course but when it is to just delight in that contributing to that field. You have power to have an effect. And just, uh, you might give yourself a practice, whether it's with one person or with a group that you're part of, of just seeing the good and delighting in bringing out the best in others and loving seeing them shine. What a good way to go through life. I'm not saying to be naive and thinking that you can do this all the time. And of course, it's important to know places where this is not possible. But when there is goodness, to just really delight in it and name it and enrich it. So we have a few minutes, and uh, if there's any any comment about this theme or um, about practice, we can just uh, take some time, open it up.
Wait, hold it. Hang on. Hang on. Just, uh, oh, thanks, Jaime. Well, I just want to say thank you. That was a great talk, and you are a wonderful benefactor <laughs> for so many people. I can just tell how many people's lives you've touched. Mm. Thanks. Just pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. One one comment that I, I, I just want to underscore, particularly if you're prone to uh, to envy or jealousy. Uh, anybody ever prone to that here? Um, or the comparing mind, you know. I really, I really encourage you. I uh, challenge you. I. Um, invite you to just see what it's like. Mudita is the, is the uh, far enemy of envy and jealousy. Uh, it's really hard, and you might even have to pretend, but it's really hard to keep your heart closed when you are uh, it's really a practice of metta because envy, jealousy, judging mind, all of those things, is a contraction there about selfing, about me. Whereas mudita and this metta, it's a generative energy. So instead of it, what about me? You, you take the, the focus off of you and say, ah, here, this is for you. And when you're doing that, it's almost impossible to stay contracted. It's like one of the, one of the uh, practices when you're angry with somebody, uh, a, a classical practice is to give them a gift. They don't have to know that you're angry with them. It can be a little, or if you've been holding on to a grudge for a while, you know. Try giving them a gift because in that expression, it's, it's really hard to stay closed when you say, here, this is for you. And you can practice turning that contraction around. Like I said, even if it's just pretending that's a start, because it's like you're planting the, the seed. If you say, I wish I could wish them well, that's a start, actually. Don't, don't, don't get down on yourself saying, well, I can't wish them well. I wish I could wish them well. There's something wholesome even in that. And then to go ahead and, be, and just try it out. That generosity, here, this is, this is for you. Sometimes when, when people used to give me gifts, I'd wonder if they were kind of you know, annoyed with me. Or, you know, but I gave that up for a while, uh, a while ago and just say, oh, thank you. So um, I really encourage you to try it. It works. And you, you know, I've shared before, you're looking at somebody with a pretty good judging mind, maybe even better than yours. But that's why I t- would, would give all these talks about 
about judging mind. And it's really possible to, to shift that. Not that they don't come up, you know. It can come up, those thoughts can come up. But that's not, it doesn't have to be home base. It doesn't have to be where you live. And it's possible with practice to really shift that. And and for me, why go through life comparing and, and, and feeling I'm not enough when there's a possibility of just um, sharing your love? Well, so it's worth the the effort. Is it? Yeah. Yes, sir. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for that. And I've been absorbing it pretty deeply. Mm-hmm. And I really feel the beauty and the power of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to end on a down note because it's been such mm-hmm. a beautiful message. Mm-hmm. Let's hear the but. <laughs> and the confusion in my heart and my mind is that in attempting to do that mm-hmm. with an individual in my life mm-hmm. who is causing great pain and suffering for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and by all means and standards evidently not doing what is appropriate, mm-hmm. there's a confusion in me in terms of where the love for the other The love for the other Mm -hmm. and the love for myself, Mm -hmm. where that fine line resides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sometimes so hard to find because when I move into a place of loving graciousness, sometimes seemingly even supported by a divine downpouring, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, that ought to heal anything. That what? That that in itself ought to heal anything in the other. Yeah, not necessarily. Not and necessarily. it's so hard to know when to stand up for yeah. myself. I, I, and I, if you could say something about that discrimination yeah. of self-protection and love mm-hmm. and the reality of the world and yet staying open to the space, spaciousness that you've described so beautifully. Yes. If you could do that, that would be really helpful. Okay. Thank you. And it's a, it's a very important question uh, because it, it's not only goodness out there. You know, and there is, um, it's, it's very important to know what your boundaries are. You have to feel safe in order to generate um, goodwill often. And um, that's where it's got to start with yourself. And you, you know, particularly if there's been wounding or, or trauma uh, that hasn't been healed, you have to get in touch with all the anger and the outrage and the, all of that. You can't bypass that. Um, but it's something to, it's a practice in itself. That's where in the metta practice, you go from benefactor to dear friend to neutral to difficult. And with the difficult, even with the difficult, it's not like you're blind 
to their unskillfulness, but you still wish them well because in that wishing them to find true happiness, they won't hurt others if they really get find their own goodwill. And a lot of times, they're not in touch with it, and you want to be really careful not to put yourself in unsafe place. And so it's just a practice. And this practice particularly is um, in looking for the good, even in that difficult person, they might be loving towards their dog or towards their child. Or uh, in, in that way you can see, oh, they're not all bad. And that might just open you up. May you learn to have that goodwill towards others besides your dog. You know, uh, but you have to really um, focus on what feels safe and right for you. And don't lift the hundred pound weights before you do the five pound weights. So you just start a little at a time, and particularly look for the good in where it's easy to see the good, and you start there, and then you can start noticing it in all the neutral people. It's there too. So don't put anything more on your, don't put pressure on yourself uh, when particularly it's not feeling safe and right. Hang on. However, sometimes life presents a situation that one goes from lifting whatever weight one is accustomed to practicing with to a very large weight. And the choice, and I think the point I'm hoping you address precisely is the one in which an individual also has a responsibility to himself or herself for, and I'm not sure how to say it, but maybe even self-protection. Yeah. How to see what is what in the world because in the past when I'd love rather deeply and fully and accept with great pretty much spaciousness and openness, mm. um, there's also situations in the world where one must recognize what is. It's not safe. That's not yeah. safe and, and th- stands. Yes, I understand. Self. So self-protection, it starts with self-protection. It starts with knowing what your capacity, as the Dalai Lama says, I've often quoted him, if, you, if, you, if there's negativity coming towards you and you've come out with as much love as you can and it's still coming towards you, that's time to find the nearest exit. <laughs> that that you, 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 don't, you don't need to put yourself in harm's way. And, you, and, and as well, when there's sometimes very fierce action that needs to be taken... You need to take it. If you can come from goodwill, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Okay. So, mm, so you got your little extra credit assignment? Look for the good. Let people shine. Start with yourself. Then send it out. So there's the other side. There is suffering, and that can open the heart as well, including everyone in our goodwill.
may we see the good inside and around us and help bring it out. May we share our love well. May all beings more and more open to the Buddha right inside and share their wisdom and understanding and love. May all know the highest happiness and peace. And may our coming here together, any good that comes from it, ripple out and be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Share your light. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.